Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the mental health podcast that's changing the discussion one voice at a time. Featuring guests that will help end the stigma and keep talking mental health. And now, here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Hey there. Um, good morning. How's it going, eh? <laughs> How you guys doing? Uh, we're, we're a little out of sorts, uh, but I think we're okay. Um, so happy. Ah, happy to be here. Yep. Happy to be anywhere. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're definitely uh, off to a strange start this morning, but I'm sure that we'll get it all figured out. Our our producer is a very talented individual, and I'm sure he'll he'll get it all worked out. But... Our our crack production team is on the job. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so here's some something exciting. Uh, is uh, I'm getting old. Yeah, that's fun. I'm older than you, so. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I get to go today and get my first ever pair of bifocals. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I had to get a pair of them as well a couple of years back, and it was two weeks in, and they were still making me feel like I was going to puke. <laughs> so I uh, definitely, definitely didn't uh get and, along with those so i i got new stuff and i i don't have bifocals now and it it's fine but um you they, know yeah they told us just to get a pair of readers for you yeah for just, close. yeah because i anything small and and uh, like a book i have to take the glasses off and bring it up really close to my face so yeah that's kind of a pain but so and i was all prepared to do that myself you know mm-hmm. um based on what the doctor said the other day, but, you know, <clears throat> well, not what the doctor said, but what the person that leads up to the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, the the one that gives you the, the exam. all the exams and stuff. And uh, I was going to be fine with that, but then talking with the doctor, you know, because I have a really bad astigmatism on top of everything else. And she said, well, yeah, you could do the lift it off your face to read thing. But, you know, if you got the, bifocals or the progressives that um you know you'd be able to read and it wouldn't be blurry and you know it could go uh to go easier for you so you know so we're gonna give that a try yeah i'm gonna go today and bring in back with me because she is my style consultant (laughs) and uh excuse me and we'll find something that fits my huge noggin you know i've had the same frames for years because they fit and i like them and everything but i think it's finally time to get something new new yeah and as far as as i'm concerned i started juicing again um that doesn't mean i'm pumping myself full of um human growth hormones it means (laughs) I'm, i'm actually drinking juice for all of my meals um just for a short period of time because honestly I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Yeah. You know, and the last time I I juiced it it was beneficial for me. Although I, this time around I'm not doing it specifically to lose weight. I'm doing it just to feel better because the last time as soon as I stopped or I incorporated like dinner, drank breakfast and lunch and then incorporated food for dinner, I gained all the weight back. So, um, you know, that's kind of the, the downside of it. I, I know that doesn't happen for everybody, but that's what ha- happened for me. So I am uh, looking to get healthier, and uh, hopefully that will be the first step in uh, achieving that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes with the, with the juicing, you know, just trying to kickstart things for you a little bit and, uh, you know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, we are um, having a little bit of technical difficulties. 
uh, with our our guest. Uh, she is in the UK and is using a link on the computer that we can send folks that are too far away to actually call. And um, she, we're having some technical difficulties trying to get her her in. So. Um, so you get to listen to us, Gab. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky you. Which is always always fascinating. Yes, we are a fascinating duo. But um well, you know what? We do have the Super Bowl to discuss a little bit. We do. We finally know who's going to the Super Bowl. Uh we're very excited that one of our teams made it. So Yep, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. And uh Patrick Mahomes. I'm not gonna do a lame yeah, Mahomes joke. There. Uh, yeah. I'll we, thank you. We get we get enough of those from State Farm, thank you. Yeah, really. So, um yeah, we're uh, we're actually looking forward to the Super Bowl this year. We weren't sure if we were going to, we weren't sure if there were going to be any teams that we cared about, but um you know, it's we're funny. excited about that. I have to admit that my spirits and my my um I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I'll just say that my spirits rose when New England got knocked out. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, this this is going to be good. There's going to be somebody I want to watch. Yep. And because uh, I'm just not a boss, I'm just not a New England fan. I just I I don't like them. I don't like Tom Brady. I don't like Bill Belichick. I just cannot stand them. And I know that that's a very unpopular opinion, and you know I'm sorry if you're offended, but <laughs> that's just how I happen to feel about it. And oddly enough, I think there are actually a lot of people that are happy they didn't make it this year. Yeah, you know, so. give somebody else a chance for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you know, well, I'm, I'm curious to see how this Super Bowl goes. You know, I, I'm I'm real happy for the Chiefs. Uh, I and I hope. I hope it goes their way. We'll we'll see. Uh, I think it's next weekend. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what's what. You know, it's exciting. That and all the commercials. I'm looking forward to that too because they're usually pretty good. So, yeah. So there's that. So, um, so what else is going on in the world, baby? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm a little, uh, discombobulated right now because I'm trying to figure out how we can get our, our guest in here. She, um, she can't hear us and Scott can't hear her. So we may just have to, um, play a song or, uh, just plain step away. Play a song, do a dance, dance a jig. I don't think any of you want to see me dance a jig. But uh well nobody'd see it anyway. We're doing a podcast. Theater of the mind, baby. <laughs> Theater of the mind. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe you guys would like to see me dance a jig. Um picture me dancing a jig. <laughs> so. As far as uh anything that's mental health related, I am still going through some massive ups and downs and I had a couple of good days this week. But they were the good day was immediately followed by a bad day, and then the next day was okay, and then the next day was bad. So um, it's kind of I don't know if I if I want to use this expression or not, but it's kind of rapid cycling depression that I'm I'm going through. Uh, usually, when it hits me, it hits me, knocks me out, and it lasts for a while. And um, lately, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and I'll be perfectly honest, today is not that great of a day for me. So you'll have to excuse the fact that I'm, you know, kind of a downer. <laughs> um, but it's it's been a struggle. And uh, I really think, and I know that some people are going to find this just absolutely nuts, but I really feel that losing our cat, Haley, has been a huge catalyst in all of this depression because she wasn't a registered therapy cat, but that cat knew how to be a therapy cat without being registered as one, you know, and I was with her 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I happened to leave the house. It wasn't for very long and I came back and there she was. 
and it's been just an epic struggle to get past the fact that she's not here anymore. I'm getting emotional just talking about it, so I'm going to stop. But um, I think that has a a big, big effect on me. And I know it probably sounds silly to some people, but we had her for 18 years. Yeah, that's quite a long time. That's, you know, she was a family member, you know, and, you know, the amount of love that we had for her and that she had for us, I mean, it was palpable, palpable. You know, and people could see it in stuff that we posted about her online. And if they were, uh, you know, in the room with us and everything and, and, you know, coming over to visit or whatever. And, you know, she was just a very loving, wonderful cat. So, um, yeah, so we we do definitely miss her. You know, and and getting back to the the rapid cycling that you were talking about, sweetheart, um, where you have a good day and a bad day and a good day and a bad day. That is, that kind of goes along with what I tell, this is, this is for you listeners. This is what I tell back every day is, you know, this affliction, uh, it's, it's a, you take it each day as it comes. You know, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. And you have to just try and learn to accept it. You know, if if you're having a good day and you get a whole bunch of stuff done, then great. Um, If you get up and you know right away it's a bad day and all you can do is breathe that day, then that's perfectly fine. And, you know, that's self-care. And that's something... I know it's something that you wrestle with back, but mm-hmm. um, the guilt is just unbelievable. Yeah, but it's what your body and your mind need, you know, and you know that's something that I think we all need to try and, and bear in mind when we're having a bad day. It's a bad day. It's not a bad life, you know. And mm-hmm. there's there's always a new opportunity the next day. So. Well, it looks like uh, we have worked. Well, we haven't done much. We, but we, we've rambled. That's we've, what we've done. <laughs> waited with bated breath about, as to whether or not we we're going to be able to get our guests in today. And uh, Scott has finally gotten that all worked out. So Yay, Scott. we uh, do have a guest. And Hooray. we're very excited to talk with her. Uh, I've known her for a little while now. I met her on Twitter, as I often meet many of our guests on Twitter. She is a huge support to me and to everyone else that she follows. Uh, If I'm having a bad day and I mention it, she's usually one of the first people to say, you know, hang in there or I'm thinking about you or something along those lines. And it's always, I'm always really, really grateful. And, uh, you know, so she's a, a, a really powerful advocate and she's also an author and she's written this book that I'm I'm actually very excited to read because it's it's a romance novel with a tinge of mental health in there and we're going to ask her about that and ask her how she came to uh decide to do that and how it works so um we're very excited to talk to her today so please welcome to the show Sasha Green Hi uh, Rebecca and Joe it's really great to to talk to you Welcome to the show from all the way over there in in, in Bonnie, England. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I I love your podcast, so I'm really excited to be here. Or actually, it's my first live podcast, so I'm three parts excited and one part totally terrified. <laughs> <laughs> well, I promise we won't bite hard, and uh, you know it'll be fine. It's just the the three of us in a room plus Scott. And who's eavesdropping? Who's eavesdropping? And, <laughs> Hi, and, and thousands of people listening all over the world. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just messing with you. Um, no, it's just we try and keep it keep it loose and and you know really like it like it is just a little conversation. You know, uh, just shooting the shooting the breeze in our in our living room or what have you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's what I like so much about it because it does. It does. It's very 
yeah, it's very relaxed. It's very chilled out. So, yeah, it's great. Thank you. Yeah, we try. So, do you have any questions for us? No, not at the moment. <laughs> okay. If anything happens to pop in your head, just uh, keep it to yourself. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, feel, feel free to ask away. We are open books. So. All right. Well, if you don't have any questions for us, we're going to jump right in to uh, what we've got here for you. So could you uh, please tell us about your mental health background? Yeah, I think I have it kind of switched around from a lot of people. I know a lot of people experience mental health issues and then they tend to write about it or try and spread the word about it. And I actually had it totally the opposite way around. So I would say about eight years ago, I started really seriously thinking that I wanted to write romance stories. Um, And I went on a writing course. And one of the things I had to do for this course was to write the first chapter of a story, you know, which involves coming up with, with, um, with characters and, and so on. And, and um, so, you know, it was, if you think back to sort of 2012, um, Afghanistan was very topical. And I decided my hero was going to be a hunky ex-soldier, you know, who had PTSD. Oh, very cliched, you know, I was sure it's going to be a bestseller and it was going to be fantastic. And, and, um, but then I was like, well, if, if I'm going to write about mental health, I have to actually start to do some research into it because, you know, it's got to be realistic. I can't just use the usual cliches that sometimes you get. And so I started doing research and reading papers and talking to people about their own experiences. And I realized like there was this whole sort of, topic out there that nobody really talks about you know I mean I know now it's very much more I mean thanks to people like you and you know the people like Matt Haig and and there's a huge number of advocates now but back then nobody was really talking about this at all and it suddenly plunged me into this whole sort of idea realize well realization that it was there was this whole sort of aspect of illness and you know that was really important and and that made me even more determined to write my stories. And um, but as you will find out if you read my book, it's not the 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 ex-soldier he's gone. <laughs> um, I now have a, a skinny 23-year-old who um, is having some mental health issues. And um, yeah, I feel like it's a much more genuine story um, than the one I was planning to write all those years ago. Um, but that's the benefit of experience. Yeah. yeah. So you yourself don't actually have any um, mental health conditions? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to sorry, I forgot while I was talking <laughs> about the writing. I was actually, yeah, no, it's, um, I was quite lucky because about five years ago, I took some trips to, to Africa, uh, to Nigeria um, for work, and I had quite a bad reaction to the to the medications I was on um I went a couple of times and by the time I came back from the second um trip I was feeling I was literally feeling suicidal but I was really lucky that this was all the research I had done into this you know into the topic because of course for my books I was like well you know what would happen you know how would this character get help and all this kind of stuff so I was really lucky because I'd done all this research and when you know, things got tough for me, you know, I knew where to go and I knew that it was okay to ask for help. And I knew, so I I feel like my, my mental health journey has been a lot less rocky than a lot of people, I guess, because it happened at that point in my life when I already had the information I needed, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was quite, I mean, it was quite, you know, it was sort of a downward spiral and I ended up being, home with the flu for for about a month you know I lived by myself so it was totally isolated I didn't want to ask my friends around in case they caught it because it was so horrible so yeah that was that had sort of knock-on effects and you know I had post-viral fatigue and and so on so you know all of this but I was I was in a much better position to deal with it because of what I knew already and and in a way this also made me even more 
me realize the importance of actually getting the message out there and making sure that people know what they can do and where they can go to ask for help and that it's okay to ask for help and all this kind of stuff. Okay. That's that's really cool that, you know, you prepared yourself and you didn't even realize it, you know, um, that's, <laughs> I'm just kind of taken aback by that because that's, that's really cool. You know, most, most people, they, they get hit with depression or they get hit with uh, mania or, you know, any, any other mental health uh, anxiety, anxiety, you know, anything like that. And they're like, well, what do I do? Where do I go? And the fact that you cared enough about your writing to get authentic, authenticity in there, number one, speaks volumes because, you know, we've discussed many times on this show how, you know, TV and movies and books and, and whatnot just get it wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and consistently get it wrong. And they don't care enough to actually do the research. Um, so or they do the research and just take their own interpretation from it. Right. And, you know, base the base common denominator, you know, and uh, so number one, thank you for actually doing the research and wanting to bring some, real world uh, experience and, and whatnot into your writing. That's very cool. Um, but number two, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, kind of trippy that you went through all that work and then come to find out that, you know, you were benefiting yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although I think with the prevalence of mental health, you know, they have this often quoted statistic that one in four people will have some mental health issues at, at some point in their life then I, I think the chances, you know, like you could say, oh, it's a, it's a great coincidence, but actually, you know, you could say it's not, you know, you, you, I mm. almost feel like everybody should have some kind of, you know, training or information or, you know, at least somebody they know they can go to for help, um, and which would, which would, I think it would help people a lot, you know. Um, we've We've recently got some, I know that you and, you did the training for mental health first aiders recently, um, and we've yep. also got got some of those at work, and and I think that really helps. Things like that, you know, it really helps promote the dialogue because first of all, it shows people that, you know, people are serious about the fact that they think it's a serious issue, and also then it yeah. gives you someone who you can access these resources, you know, and they can actually refer you on to somebody else, or, you know, even just have a good conversation with you about your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. That that was our motivation too, was, you know, you, you learn a a little bit more about it. You get, number one, you get insight on what you yourself might be going through. But secondly, you now have the tools to help, you know, anybody that you encounter during the day, you know, and, and just being able to show a person that they're not alone in what they're going through is um you know that that speaks volumes yes it helps immensely mm-hmm. yeah so no and i think you... it sorry go on no go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna say that yeah you know it's it's still like it's not going to change the person's mental health issues but it might just help them to take that step you know that initial step you know i did a lot of yeah. work because my book touches on suicide it's one of the main themes. I did a lot of research into into suicide. And now, you know, they're actually saying that, you know, one conversation with people, it can change their lives. You know, it can it can save them at a time when, you know, things are, are really bad. You know, just having that particular, if it's the right time and the right place. You know, so I think these individual interactions with people are so important. Definitely. Yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Now, did you always know that you would be a writer? Um, I write a lot when I was a child, you know, sort of stories about magical talking houses and witches and wizards. And, and um, but I think when I when I left school and sort of went out into the world of work, I I um, I kind of put it aside. Um, and but I mean, I've always I've always loved reading, and I think. I think at some point I just decided I wanted to try again because I love the process of creating things, you know, sort of crafting words and 
crafting sentences to put them on the page and telling a story, you know, because stories, there's something magical in stories. They can take you away to a different place or a different country or, you know, inside a different person's head that you've never been. Um, And I think there's something quite magical about that. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. I would agree. You know, um, we're, we're both avid readers and, uh, you know, you get a good story and you don't want to put it down and it does take you away. You know, uh, you get that bit of escapism and, uh, you know, you don't have to think of all the ugliness of the harsh reality of life for, you know, an hour or two while you're reading and, you know, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I love your book, actually, your writing. I love your writing. The way you write, there's something very real about it and and very honest, you know, like, yeah, it's great. Well, thank you. It's not exactly a a joy to read, I I think, Um, but it's it's realistic, so, you know, there's that. But then in some ways, for me, it was also a joy to read because there's so much positivity in there, and I can feel your strength in there as well. You know, so in it was great to know that you you've gone through all this stuff and yet you're still fighting and you're still, you know, living your life and yeah, there was I felt a lot of strength in it. So yeah, in some ways it was mm. very very much a joy to read. Well, thank mm. you very much. I appreciate that. Well, you know, we're uh, we're 25 minutes in. We're going to go ahead and take a break because uh, that's what we do. We take breaks. <laughs> Breaks are, just breaks go, are good. go, go. All right. So anyway, um, let's see. So yeah, we're going to, I can't read today. I'm dumb. Okay. I have the dumb. You do it. We're taking a break. <laughs> we will catch you on the other side of Real Me by Kenneth Mogan. Thank you, honey.
Hey, welcome back to Voices for Change 2.0. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for spending your time with us on a Saturday morning. In, a chilly Saturday morning. A chilly Saturday morning in January as January is wrapping up rapidly. I think this is the last Saturday in January, actually. Yeah, and you know what we didn't um, mention before is that this month, I, I can't recall the exact date now. It was in my Facebook memories, but this month is actually our anniversary of being on with Scott. That's true. That's very true. So this is year number four. Four. Wow. Man, time <laughs> flies, eh? No kidding. So, yeah. So, how about that, kids? <laughs> so, anyway, I'm Joe. She's Rebecca. Uh, we got a woohoo from Scott over our little messaging device here. And uh, all the way from not Bonnie England. No, 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 no. But Bonnie Scotland. <laughs> You sure they use Bonnie in Scotland, too? No, I, do they use Bonnie? I don't know. <laughs> they they, they uh, do from time to time, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, the wonderful, lovely, and talented Sasha Green. Hi, everybody. Hey, lady. Hey, hey lady. Thank you Hi. once again for being here with us. Yes, yes. Thanks for taking the time, which for you, we, we figured out over the break, was in the middle of your day you yeah. know, versus, I mean, it's 11.30 here right now in Detroit. <clears throat> um, but over there, it's uh, 4.30. Which is, I think is, is f- five hours, right? Well, yeah, yeah, simple, five hours difference. Simple math. Yeah. Don't give me the simple math thing. You know I don't do math. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, my love. That's usually the, the, different, the time difference for someone in the UK as well, just putting that out there. Most, almost everybody that we've ever interviewed over there, it was a five-hour a five difference. Yeah. So I love you. I love you it's too, quite a small country, we only have one time zone, so we're not. It's not that complicated. <laughs> yeah, you guys got it easier. We got four over here. So yeah, it always know, confuses always, me. if we're talking with somebody from yeah, if we're talking with somebody from LA, it's like oh, what, three hours, two, what, when, where are they? So, but uh, <clears throat> all right, so. Um, next question for you. Please tell us about your book, which is called Something Like Happy. Yeah, so this book is set in Glasgow, which I love. It's a great city. It's it, it, it had a lot of industry until about the 80s, and then a lot of that disappeared, and it's had to reinvent itself. Um, but it's mm. doing pretty well at that. Um, anyway, it's about two characters, so it's a romance. Um, it's about two characters, Nick and Jade. Um they, they're quite young, both 23, so they're still kind of trying to figure out what life is about and what they really want. And um, Nick's having issues with his mental health, and and Jade is also she's had a, a family bereavement, so she's struggling with that. Um, and anyway, they meet, um, and basically, they it starts off with Jade trying to help Nick because she realizes he, he's in a sticky situation. And as they go along and they do things together, they, they end up getting closer. Um, but a lot of the book revolves around this. Jade's, Jade's made this ha- the thing she calls a happy list. So it's a list of things that you can do to try and make you happy. And it's just simple things like going to look at a good view or um, you know, spending some time with a good friend or, you know, and, and she she and Nick decide to do this list together. Um, and then, you know, things, things develop between them. Um, but I won't tell you too much about, I won't give away <laughs> too many plot spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Don't, you want, you want people to buy the book. <laughs> so uh, it sounds like a great read. I mean, it sounds, uh, it sounds very charming and it's available on Amazon right now. Right. Yeah. You should be able to order it from your local bookshop as well. So any, any online, supplier or all your local bookshop so so um so yeah in wherever you like um but i think that about the book i really wanted to write there are so many negative news stories about mental health out there and you know extreme types of stories that i wanted to write something that was very positive you know it, it it's it's i'd like to think it's quite an uplifting read you know um because i think that 
people with mental health issues deserve these positive stories too. You know, it's not all doom yeah. and gloom. Um, yeah. Because yeah, when, definitely. when I was doing my research, I was looking at sort of books, you know, that, that are about mental health. And they were all about quite sort of extreme things, you know, psychiatric hospitals and and these stories are important too like it's important to tell these extreme stories too but I wanted to write something about people who are just about kind of getting by you know but if you really look classy enough the cracks are beginning to show but you know they're kind of coping kind of ish (laughs) you know trying to live their lives in the best way that they can and I I thought these kind of stories because there are so many people who are doing that people who are sort of barely managing to hold down their job, you know, barely managing to bring up the kids, you know, and still kind of struggling with this stuff. So I wanted to write a story about those kind of people. That's very cool. Yeah, it is really you cool. You know, it's, it's, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm losing my voice. Um, that actually kind of covers the, the next question that we had for you, which was, where did you get the idea to add mental health topics into a romance novel? And, um, We've kind of discussed that all along, mm-hmm. really, uh, starting with the the first thing with uh, the soldier with PTSD. And, you know, just the fact that the book that you wrote, it's it covers it, but it's not, you know, it's also a romance novel. And I, I think it... <clears throat> what it try what it strives to do, I think what you're striving to do, and maybe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is you're trying to normalize mental health issues in the context of day-to-day life, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it it should be just as normal to acknowledge having to, to live with these things as it is having to live with, you know, diabetes or cancer or a broken limb or, you know, any number of things, you know, um, I think the more uh, different types of media like books and movies and TV, the, the more that it attempts to normalize it and not make it a, a quote-unquote scary thing or a particular plot motivation like, oh, this guy was a killer because he had bipolar disorder, which we've seen way too much. Mm-hmm. Um but just showing, hey, you know, these are two people trying to live and get on and develop a relationship. And it just so happened to. It just so happened that, you know, they're also dealing with this. I agree. I mean, it, I think that as long as you are handling it properly, coming at it from the right angle, and like you said, not putting out one of these. You know, because I'll go looking for books or movies or what have you. A lot of times it's more movies than books. But I'll, I like a, a good psychological thriller or, you know, a drama, things like those. Really, I like those a lot. And I'll find one and I'll read the description on it. And, you know, so-and-so killed her husband. And now she's out to seek another man in her life to kill. And she's bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's really, really aggravating, especially for me being bipolar, that, you know, that has to be one of the qualifications for this woman to be a murderer. Yeah. You know, so it sounds like your book is going at it from the from the right direction. You're you're, you know, pure at heart about the whole thing. You're not looking to dramatize or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I think the word I'm looking for, but you're not looking to put it out. Sensationalize. Sensationalize. Thank you. Aha. Not looking to sensationalize the the mental illness part of the book. Yeah, I don't think because I mean it's about any question, you know, conversation about diversity. You know, of course there are you know stories about any particular group of people are important. So you know, I'm sure there are. you know, serial killers who are bipolar, but there's not very many of them. And there's a lot mm-hmm. more people with bipolar who are perfectly normal and, you know, don't right. go around murdering people, you know? Right, so, exactly. So until, yeah. I feel like until there are much more stories of, of that type, then yeah, you know, give up with the serial killers because, of course, you know, stories about 
those kind of things are it's important to happen but it shouldn't be you know until there's some balance um and that goes for any kind of diversity you know so you think about like race or you know um sexual orientation or any any of these kind of mm-hmm. you know until until there are loads more positive stories i think yeah it, it's why i like to put them out there because they're so important yeah well it's great it's it's great that you did that um <clears throat> and hopefully that kind of continues with with your writing um you know it's a it's a very I just want to add something. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, no, no. Go ahead, please. I actually I wanted to add this uh prior to now. Uh and I had it, it slipped my mind because we haven't been doing it as often as we would like to do it, but we are inviting people to call in and ask questions of us or of our guest, of course, Sasha. So if you do have questions or you would like to chime in uh your thoughts on what we've been talking about please feel free to give us a call at 347-989-0126 and you will reach our lovely producer, Scott, and he will let us know that you have called in. So yeah. just wanted to get that out there real quick and uh, before we move on to the next question. Yeah. So the go end. ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's, your turn. it's my turn? Oh, mm-hmm. is it my turn? Okay. So, yeah, no, I just, I, I really get the feeling that you were trying to, I don't know, I'm, I'm phrasing this wrong. So I guess I'll just ask the question the way we have it written, um, <laughs> which is what, what type of message were you hoping to convey with your book? I get, I, think, I get the feeling that it's hope, but I just want to see what you say. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it's also just a, I mean, I hope, you know, it's just a really good read as well, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's not specifically, you know, aimed at people who might be struggling with their mental health. It's, it's maybe even more aimed at people who, who aren't so that they can have some insight into what it might be like, you know, but in the end, I want anyone to read it because, you know, it's, yeah, it's about sort of normalizing these things and telling these stories and, and, um, you know, just getting them out there so that people talk about this stuff more. You know, I, I also maybe had it in my head that there might be people who wouldn't talk about their mental health, but they might read a book about it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then this, that's, this that's might true. also help. But I don't know, you know, like, it, it, I think it has multiple multiple purposes, really. But in the end, I, I wrote it because, yeah, I felt like it was a story that needed to be told, you know the characters sort of mm. jump up and down in my head until I let them out <laughs> some of the time. So, so, you know, they, they spoke to me really strongly, both of them right from the beginning. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's, 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 I, I can appreciate having that motivation and the, uh, you know, having this inspiration to, to get what's in your head on the written page. Um, just from a music standpoint, you know, I'll go through that. I don't write lyrics often, but when I do, I have to write them down right then and there because it's like somebody turned on the tap and I've got to get it all out now or I forget everything. I will lose it forever. Yeah. I'm the same way with writing. I have to, if it's two o'clock in the morning, I have to jump up and go write it down because I'm just going to lose it. I'll never remember what it was I was thinking about. Yep. Yeah, there's a, yeah. there's a actually. A, sorry, go ahead, Sasha. No, I was gonna say I do that all the time. You know, I, I have an idea and then I'm like, oh, I remember it, and then you know, half an hour later, I've totally forgotten. <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to write things down more often these days. Yeah, it's uh, there's a, a meme floating around out there, and it's this guy who's asleep, and his brain wakes him up, and his brain says to him, you know, hey, you know, you you got this great idea for this thing. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, should I write it down now? And the brain says, nah, we'll remember it in the morning. You'll be fine. Go back to sleep. And then, uh, you know, the guy goes back to sleep, and the brain's like, you idiot. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, I I always get a big kick out of of that when it pops up in my feed. It's like, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate, actually. (laughs) So um, have you done 
any other writing uh, for publications or blogs or anything like she that? She wrote for my blog. She did? She did. She I did not blog. know that. I, it had yeah. slipped my mind. And, but, um, yeah, it's, it was actually quite a popular article, too. It's gotten a lot of reads. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've not done much other writing. I, I did write a short story, um, which won a competition um, hmm. of two or three years back. But, but no, I mean, I'd, I'd love to. I mean, if there are any bloggers out there who would like a guest guest blogger or... Um, then I'd love to hear from them. So, so yeah, I'm always happy to, to uh, do. Feel free to write something else for me as well. Okay, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be lo- happy to I'd do love that. To have you again? Just uh, message me on Twitter and and we'll set it up. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll have to think about what to write first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I love that with your book. You, you know, you you in, incorporated you know, these mental health aspects, but you didn't write it with a specific, you didn't get on on your soapbox is what I'm trying to say. You were just trying to tell a story and have this be a part of the story. And, you know, there's, there's a entertainment value in there that isn't sensationalizing a thing. It's, it's uh, just making it a very realistic component of the story. So, um, Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Because that's yeah. really and cool. I'm, and it's something I'm trying to do with the next book that I'm writing at the moment, um, which is about PTSD. So I went mm. back to my original theme and, and it, it, yeah, again, it's a topic. It's, it's a very, it's a very tricky topic and it's one that I really want to do justice for. So I'm, I'm taking my time just to make sure that it's, it's really worthwhile. And, and, but yeah, I'm hoping that book will be out at some point as well. Is there a hunky ex-soldier in it? Uh, there is in this one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm sure there are many of our listeners that would appreciate a hunky ex-soldier. Mm-hmm. Or our hunky ex-soldiers. Or our hunky ex-soldiers, yeah. And, yeah. So I am I am neither. I am not hunky nor an ex-soldier. So it's okay. Oh, you though. have other talents, so that's fine. I yeah. still love you. Yeah, I... I, I kill him with humor <clears throat> don't i honey yes you do you're hysterical yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> anyway sasha what what advice do you have for uh struggling authors or writers i think um it's really to talk to other people i, I got so much encouragement from people on twitter um i joined an industry association there's there's a organization called the romantic novelist association which is a UK-based association. They have a they have a scheme for for new writers where you can get feedback on your manuscripts. Um, and I think so. And I benefited. I wouldn't be published without them, to be honest. Um, but it, so it's find your tribe of people who will support you and give you feedback and you know help you along the way, or even just comfort you when you've had another rejection and you know you don't know what to do with yourself and. Um, so yeah, find find other people who will support you, and you know, but but pick them wisely. You know, a lot I've I've had, heard, talked to people, and they've had also bad experiences. You know, they've they've sent their manuscript off to somebody you know who they thought was a friend, and and they have turned out that it's not quite what they expected. So so yeah, pick the people carefully. But but yeah, do you you can't publish a book by yourself. You know, a lot of people think um, they they can do it by themselves, but you know, even if you're self-publishing, as you know, you know, you need an editor, or you know, you need somebody to design your cover for you. And you know, I couldn't mm-hmm. have got where I was without my editor. That one more chapter, Charlotte Ledger, she's an amazing person, um, and she's helped me so much with my writing. Um, I'm really grateful to her. That's great. That's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. And I I have to second that, you know, it really helps having, you know, a second set of eyes uh, or, you know, someone else to give feedback on something good, bad, or otherwise uh, just to, to help, you know, um, the, the last version of, of Beck's book that we put out, um, I actually went through it with a fine tooth comb because 
No, it's a long story. I don't want to get into that. Yeah, it's a, it's a long <laughs> story, but you know there were mistakes that were there from the previous publisher, and we had decided to self-publish it. And so I went through it, fixing stuff. And as I went through, I you know, obviously she's in the same room with me, so I could say, hey, this sentence, do you want it to say this or do you want it to say this? And you know, doing on the spot little corrections here and there, which was really cool. You know, so it's always good to have that other person to, you know, look over your stuff or, you know, in my case with the music, you know, bouncing ideas off of friends or bandmates or what have you, you know, um, just feedback is good generally, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I think it's also good guidance for life in general, really, because I definitely mm-hmm. wouldn't be here. Here, Well, I definitely wouldn't be where I am. You know, I might not even be here without my friends and family and you know so I think surrounding yourself with a group of people who can cheer you on and give advice and and help you is is just a general good advice for life really yeah you you actually said something a a little while ago and it it kind of resonates and that's you know about finding your tribe you know um and there's a lot of good tribes out there you know there's the the mental health tribe on twitter that we're all a part of and uh, you know having that support um, just it, it's it really is a benefit you know when some of us are, are going through a thing and we start to isolate and don't want to talk to anybody and don't want to put ourselves out there or we feel like we're being a burden you know different things like that that's when you really want to go to your tribe you want to go to others that understand what you're going through and support you because that's how you come back from it yeah definitely yep well we are getting down to the end of the wire the nitty-gritty yeah here so we just uh quickly wanted to ask you what your goals are for 2020 I think my goals, I mean, it would be great to get my second book published, but I think in some ways my goals are to do less because I I sort of feel like people strive all this time towards this amazing ideal and, and in actual fact just sitting and being myself, you know, and enjoying the moment is sometimes more important than trying to look on to the next thing. You know, I feel like people are very kind of, judgmental of themselves and you know often and and I I have suffered from that too I'm a bit of a perfectionist so in actual fact my goals are to have fewer goals but make them ones that are more important to me I guess okay that's really cool and you know I I like that because it's you know we are in such a mad rush uh, day-to-day basis and you know we don't get the opportunity to just stop and appreciate our lives and what we have or what we're doing or everything and stuff zips by. And before you know it, you know, your kid's 10 years old or, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> your car is 25 years old or, you know, anything. Yeah, and especially to do with mental health, because, you know, sometimes I mm-hmm. feel like, Oh, I should do more. I should go out more. I should do this. And in actual fact, no, I shouldn't, you know, <laughs> I should just yeah. be myself and, you know, surround myself with people who appreciate me for who I am rather than who I might try to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a struggle for me. I'm constantly dealing with, with that. I should be, I should be, I should be. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of days I can't and then the guilt kicks in. So it's definitely uh, a, a burden on my shoulders at all times. But, um, I'm trying to work through it and Joe does help me a lot with that. So I completely understand where you're coming from with that. It's a constant process, you know, it's going to be a lifelong thing, I think. Um, at least in my case, you know, but then that's the nice thing about getting older. You know, I think I'm more accepting of who I am now rather than thinking about what I might want to be in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's one thing that comes with, with uh, getting older is you start to, you do start to kind of appreciate, you know, what, what came in the past and where you're going and where you are now. And, you know, it's, 
easy to miss, easy to miss that stuff when you're young, but you know, when you're 45, <clears throat> you know, you 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 suddenly have that. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. You you have that uh, bit of hindsight. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's a good spot for us to stop with, except yeah. for the next the last question yeah that we, we have. just want to uh send your your social media information out to the listeners in case they want to get in touch with you or ask you to blog for them or whatever the case may be so how do people find you on social media i'm not on that much social media i just do twitter because um, otherwise i couldn't keep up but my mm-hmm. twitter handle is um at sasha green Orth. um so happy to connect with people on there and and carry on the conversation there. Very cool. Sounds good. <laughs> well, and it's been great talking stay... to you guys. <laughs> we <laughs> love talking to you. Yeah. You know, and, and we appreciate the uh, all the support that you you've given, uh, and that you continue to give, and that you will give. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just appreciate you. We just so. appreciate you. So. Thank you. So that means stay a lot to me. Lot. All right, thanks. Stay on the line, and uh, we will be le- leaving you this this lovely. Well, it's afternoon now, but we'll be yeah. we'll be leaving you for now. We'll catch you guys next week, and uh, please enjoy so much better by Levi Christ. an afternoon drive I've been working too hard I want to leave it all behind me pushing and pulling yeah the world keeps spinning around and around but I go with the flow nobody's gonna get me down see I got Just cosmological ecstasy Getting hold of me And it's so much better So much better now Baby, love, don't you know That it's so much better So much better now And it feels good to let it go Body unwind. You see, you got everything you want, you just gotta open up your eyes. You sing it, holding on to something when there's nothing that you can do to change it, just let it go with the flow. Get about your business doing you. Conscious cosmological ecstasy is getting hold of.
come.